The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton uh, coming with you with another show. Uh, really, really excited about the upcoming days. We got like uh, one month until we start our summer program and our building will have kids running around everywhere and teenagers, uh, you know, not knowing what to do and some knowing what to do because we got some that have been around for a while. And I uh, just look forward to that time. As I said to you before, our banquet uh, for 3D and our Eagles Wings Track Club is May 31st. That's a Friday, uh, 630 to 830. It's at 5501 Chicago Avenue South. And that's in Urban Refuge Church. Urban Refuge is is, is hosting the banquet for us, uh, really helping us cut, cut expenses that way uh, so we can raise money so that we can uh, just minister to kids during the summer. You know, one of the things we do in our program is we go look for kids that have not been exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we try to take these eight weeks to um, let them experience the love of the Lord. Uh, you know, everything has problems. I remember one year, I think like 60% of the kids we had in the program were on medication. And uh, and so we had to, had to deal with that. You know, and, and, uh, and it was just exciting to see how we, you couldn't really tell the difference after a while who we had to take. Uh, medication and who didn't, uh, you know, because just when they came, they just were excited to uh, to fit in and to do what was right. Uh, I, I really can't tell you other than the Holy Spirit what makes this program so successful. Uh, I just want to share you one story about a young man who uh, was recommended to us by his teacher. And uh, and so that even the school district paid for his fee to be a part of our program because we charge and it costs about $370 per kid. Uh, we charge the family $90 for the eight week experience. And, uh, and so we were on a, our camping trip and the mother kept calling me like, is he all right? Is he all right? And I said, yeah, he's all right. You know, I'm just checking. She called the next day. Is he all right? I said, okay. And then the third day I was like, look, why are you calling here so much? Then is he all right? And then she told me, she said, well, before you left, he, I had to hide all the sharp objects in the house. Cause he started, cutting himself and this guy was six years old and uh and she was the best camper we had out there running and playing and uh you know you know helping out with chores uh doing everything keeping you know keeping everything even won the bug collecting contest you know and we do little goofy contests and uh while we out there and so when we got back and we had our final banquet and uh he wanted to jump off the stage into my arms and when he jumped off the stage into my arms, I looked at him and I said, I said, we're good now. We're not going to have no more of that, right? And he said, yeah, yeah, Pastor Joe, I'm good. You won't have no more of that. That's all I said. I didn't reference the cutting. I didn't reference anything. So he went back out to his mom and they got in the car leaving. And the mom turned around and came back. I thought she was going to chew me out, you know, for letting him jump off the stage or something like that. And uh, she said, she was crying. She said, while we were in the car, he promised me that 
he wasn't going to cut himself anymore. He said, because Pastor Joe said, we're done, right? And, you know, I said, I, I just had to stop. I prayed with her and everything like that. And, you know, just being in an environment, wherever he was in the environment he was, that put him toward that point. He decided that, you know, that he wasn't going to go down that road anymore. And one of the things I always do with young men, and I love mentoring young men, uh, you know, whether elementary, high school, college, whatever, is I go to Psalms 1. And Psalms 1 is my is my uh, keynote psalm. And, and, and I call it checking in. And I'm just going to read it. It says, great blessings belong to those who don't listen to evil advice, who don't live like sinners, and who don't join those who make fun of God. Instead, they love the Lord's teaching, and they think about them day and night. So they will grow strong like a tree planted by a stream, a tree that produces fruit when it should and has leaves that never fail. Everything they do is successful. But the wicked are not like that. They are like chaff that are blown away. When the time for judgment comes, the wicked will be found guilty. Sinners have no place among those who do what is right. The Lord shows his people how to live, but the wicked have lost their way. The Lord shows his people how to live, and the wicked have lost their way. You know that proverb that says, Trust in the Lord with all of thy heart, and lean not on thy own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct that path. You know, that is one of the greatest challenges that we have is allowing him to direct our way. You know, especially in our Western civilization where we have so much, have great access, and we can do things that where we don't even really need God. We're like, you know, at, you know, Nimrod at the Tower of Babel. We're building this tower up to God, but we ain't asked God's permission. We ain't asked God's help. We're doing this thing ourselves. And sometimes, major times, I get in trouble is when I try to do things myself and I don't lean and trust on God. Because it does something in a way it seems petty to ask God about everything. You know what I mean? You know, he did give me a mind. He did give me a will. You know, he did give me emotions. and I, But those things need to be directed by him. They need to be directed by him. And I look at verse 1. Great blessings belong to those who don't listen to evil advice. The King James says, who sit not in the counsel of the ungodly. A lot of people will say, well, I don't even have non-Christian friends. I don't hang out. I'm not clubbing. I'm not doing nothing like that. You know, but where do you get your advice or your counsel from? Some of us nowadays get our advice and counsel from Google. You know, we Google everything. Every little thing that goes, we Google it, try to see what it is. Some of us get our counsel and advice from our favorite uh, news show or political party or denominational viewpoint. You know what I mean? It says, but you don't listen to evil advice. Well, that means you got to have some way to to, to divide or, or separate good advice from evil advice. You know what I mean? And so, you know, and I tell people all the time, don't sit in the council of the ungodly. You know what I mean? It's quite obvious when you look around and, and uh, you want to go buy clothes or shoes or anything like that. It is heavily influenced by the public, but not just the public. It's people we call advertisers, but I call them professional manipulators. You know, they have everybody wearing same style hat, same style shoes, same style clothes, and yet we think we're independent. Because if you wanted a certain style and went to the store, that doesn't mean it's going to be there unless somebody anticipated that 
produced it, shipped it, and put it in a store for you to buy. Don't listen to evil advice. Don't listen. Don't be in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, find yourself. And I tell you, I mean, you got to find yourself. There's safety in a multitude of counselors. You know, find yourself some counselors who have God's viewpoint, who are allowing God to direct their lives. And if you do that, you know, you don't have to worry about losing your blessings because you'll be blessed as long as you don't fall into the counsel of the ungodly. Uh, Verse 2, instead, they love the Lord's teaching. And think about them day and night. Man, what a great challenge. What a great challenge. You know, I, I, I was with some people this past week. And, uh, man, they were they were into what was happening on, t- on TV and Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? They gave, me, they gave me the whole backdrop, you know, on Game of Thrones. Because I've never seen it, but they gave me the whole backdrop. I mean, you know, they got there. And, you know, and, and then when I, I asked them, I said, like, when did I tell you read your Bible? Oh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. You know, my grandson, we got together, had this big old thick book on uh, uh, some Greek character. And uh, I was looking at him and I was like, have you read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation yet? He said, uh, no, but I do read it. Said, Y'all don't even read the Bible. Oh, about five years. I said, and you haven't finished the Bible yet? No. I said, are you almost finished with that book? Yeah. How long you had that book? About five days. And I said, well, why can't you put the same effort into God's word? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the classic answer. You know, I said, man, you got you to develop a love for God's word. You know, and, and I remember when I first got saved, you know, I, you know, I mean, I'm a reader anyway. Was raised to be a reader. But, man, I was, me and King James were not getting along. Then right after I got saved, I started understanding everything in the King James. I even crack a joke sometimes that if you can't understand the King James, you know you ain't been converted. Because <laughs> you need the Holy Spirit to help you with the words in there in that, in that King James. But it got to a point where I, I learned and I heard, you know, Billy Graham say one time, if you read five chapters a day, you can read the Bible through in a year. I did that. Uh, my boss in Houston was like, I read 10 chapters a day because I want to read through twice a year so I can make sure that I, you know, that, that God's word is, is, is in me and so good. I say, oh, well, I'm going to do that too. You know, and I start picking a different translation every year. I'm back in the King James, you know, this year, reading through the Bible. Uh, you know, got through Ezekiel, praise the Lord. And it's good, but you got to have that love for God's word and think about it day and night. That's how he directs your path because you have his word in your heart that you might not sin against him. Verse three, so they grow strong like a tree planted by a stream. A tree that produces fruit when it should and has leaves that never fail. But we all know what happened to the tree that doesn't produce fruit. Jesus cursed it and it withered up. But when you're planted by a stream, you don't have to worry about water. It's there. It's right there. Your roots are tapped into it, right? And that that stream or that flow is that that spirit-led lifestyle. You know, allowing, putting your place in a position where the Word of God and the Spirit of God is flowing and moving so that, that you in turn, can create this atmosphere, you know what I mean? And, and your leaves will never fail, and you'll always bear fruit in the season. Sometimes we want to bear fruit every day, but we can't bear fruit every day. We go through times of drought. We go through times of pruning, you know what I mean? And it may seem like, wow, where is God? Where is God? Where is God? You know what I mean? But he's there, you know what I mean? He's just strengthening you so that when the new fruit comes, you will bear even more, and you'll be even more fruitful. 
But then he gets into the wicked. But the wicked are not like that, meaning they're not like that. They're, they're not loving God's word. They're not thinking about it day and night. You know, they're drawing their advice from the ungodly, right? They're not producing fruit in the season. You know, and uh, everything they do is not successful. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. I mean, it doesn't stay long, has no root, no foundation. When the time for judgment comes, the wicked will be found guilty. Sinners have no place among those who do what is right. It doesn't mean we can't go out there and witness them. Witness them. It doesn't mean we can't go out there and, and help them, assist them, fellowship them. It just means that they're not our Abba. They're not our source. They're not our Father. They're not out there. You know, we come to them for one reason, one reason only, to turn them back to God. The Lord shows his people how to live, but the wicked have lost their way. The Lord shows his people how to live. You know, and, and, and most young men that, that I encounter uh, nowadays after having so many fatherless generations, you know, they really don't understand certain things about being a man. As Ed Cole would say, manhood and Christ-likeness are synonymous. You can't be a man without submitting to the Lord Jesus Christ and molding your, your life and your decisions after his way. You know, Jesus put others first, even willing to die for others. We as men sometimes are some selfish rascals. You know, we cry about paying child support. You know, we cry when we can't, you know, buy our toys. And some of us buy our toys anyway. Our wives get frustrated. Uh, kids don't really comprehend it until they get older. And they realize that, wow, dad was about him. You know, or they might leave in divorce and, you know, use that as a, as a crush to say why they don't fulfill their demands. But we have a lot of young guys out here who their only source is their mom. And that's a good source. But that's not how God planned it. God planned it so that a man and a woman would be together. Because there's some things that I had to put in my daughter that my wife couldn't put in there. And there's some things that my wife placed in my sons that I couldn't put there. You know what I mean? And we together, we shape uh, an idea for them on how to run their family, how to do what they need to do, and how they need to grow. I was with my young nephew uh, this whole past couple of days. And, uh, you know, I was just giving him different things and he was eating it up. And then when all my friends came together and he was around, because he, he's usually around women and he was around men. Man, he was he was going at it, showing him he could do push-ups. And they was talking to him about how to get himself right for sports and how to get himself right for, for uh, academics and everything like that. And and uh, and he enjoyed himself just being in their company. You know what I mean? And so, you know, what can we do? What can we do? When we're in a situation where our young men are not being around men, they don't have men in their lives, what can we do? What can we do as just citizens? What can we do as the church? You know, I want to talk more about that uh, after we come up on a break and take another look at another another scripture in the Bible and Psalms and then go from there. You're listening to Isaiah 61. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton, the pastor of Spirit of the Lord Church, who sponsors this radio show. And uh, we'll be right back with you after the break. Can your child come home? If you let me come back home, you see that a mother's love is good enough for me. Learn my lesson well. 
Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community, Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Pastors, did you miss hearing Tony Evans at our online virtual Pastors Appreciation event? Or John MacArthur, Chuck Swindoll, Sam Rodriguez, and other ministry leaders? Alan Jackson in Tennessee said, We usually build a plan for the year and then figure out the best way to implement it. And this year does not look like what we planned. You can still hear all of them, along with musical guests, by logging on to our virtual Pastors Appreciation event. Free. Supported by Crescent Tide Cremation Services. Hey, welcome back to Isaiah 61. Once again, you're listening to Pastor Joe Sutton, pastor of the Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis. Uh, you know, uh, trying to uh, reach and impact our, our community and get in such a way that not only that people will be able to stand before God and hear well done, good and faithful servant, but they'll be able to walk through heaven knowing that they help populate it by going out there, reaching and preaching and teaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to go to Psalms 15, right? Uh, Psalms 15 is, uh, I usually have people read this when they say, what does it take to go to heaven? And, you know, and David is uh, asked this question, uh, Lord, who can live in your in your holy tent? You know, who, who can dwell there? You know, who can be in that presence? And he says, only those who live pure lives do what is right and speak the truth from their hearts. Man, that's just step one that I try to, to get any new convert, uh, any young child to understand that you have to live a pure life. Now, what's the secret to living that pure life? Well, obviously, yeah, it's found in the 66 books of the Bible. And, and it comes as you learn and teach. And we who are mentoring or discipling lead them and show them how to respond in certain situations. And it says, and speak the truth from their hearts. Meaning, you know, and I go back to the same thing. You know, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak it. Um, you know, and it said, David said, that word that I hid in my heart. You know what I mean? Because you, you, whatever you put in, that's what's going to come out. It's going to bubble over. I was telling my young nephew, I said, you know, you're about to turn 12. And I said, you're about to be a man. And now it's time to put away childish things. And I said, I want to show you and take you on it. It says it'd be a hard journey, but I want to show you how to do that. You can't just play your whole life. You had to come down to a level of seriousness about what you're going to do and seeking the one who created you. Uh, verse two, I mean, verse three says such people don't say bad things about others. They don't do things to hurt their neighbors. They don't tell shameful things about those close to them. Right. You know, they don't, they don't say bad things, right. They don't criticize. They're not there. You're, you're edifier. You're, you're, you're lift them up. You know, if you're a heaven bound person, you're going to lift people up. You know, you're not going to say bad things about them, you know, and, and uh, you don't do things to hurt, hurt your neighbor. Right. And sometimes we try to get around that and uh, and things may happen, but we don't purposely go out there trying to hurt our neighbor. And we don't tell shameful things about people. You know, that's one thing. 
and my family, when we get together, we love, love cracking jokes on each other. And then sometimes it gets a little rough, you know, where you bring up things that, you know, somebody may be ashamed of, whatever, like, bang, they peeing in the bed or, you know, doing whatever. And, uh, you know, getting bit by fire ants, having to take all your clothes off, you know. Uh, and so I have to always check them in and say, you know, that's not getting the foolish jest in, let's keep it close. Because that, that hurts that person. You know, that's just not a, a funny memory that you're sharing. And and to understand the difference between sharing a funny memory and then trying to shame somebody because you're mad because they said something about you. And four, they hate those who fail to please God and honor those who respect the Lord. They hate those who fail to please God and honor those who respect the Lord. Sometimes we get blurred with our heroes. Sometimes we get blurred with the people we look up to. And, you know, and we look at people and, and they don't like God. They have no respect for God, nothing there for God. And yet, you know, we make up an excuse as to why uh, we have them, listen to them, watch them, you know, go places with them. You know, uh, you know, we have to do that. And you got to be a promise keeper. They make a promise to their neighbor. They do what they promised. They do what they promised. If they loan money to someone, they do not charge them interest. And they refuse to testify against an innocent person, even if someone offers them money to do it. Whoever like that lives like this will always stand strong. You know, King James says, when the promise is that, you know, you honor your word, even at your own hurt. You know, it's one of the things I always tell any man, you have to honor your word, even if it hurts you. Your your word is sacred. Your word is mine. You got to you got you got to have a level of respect for the things that you promise people. You have to have a level of of commitment. And you know if it's something that you just get caught up, apologize. You know, ask them to to forgive you. You know, but you don't want to neglect it by just saying, "Oh, I'm just not going to do it. I I'll catch up with them later, or I'm not going to call them back right now. I'll catch up with them later." You know, you give a word and a promise, you keep it. You know, you keep it that those who live like this will always stand strong. You know, they, they will have a place in God's holy tent. You know what I mean? And and to me, when I look at the state of our men, you know, we really, we have strong women, and women are strong, and they can do it. I mean, they my mother, my mother raised me. I mean, and that's not the issue of raising somebody, feeding them and clothing them. The issue is, you know, can you prepare them, right? Can you prepare them for what they're going to face? Can you prepare them? How are they going to react? And and you can do it from a, a biblical context, right? But you're not helping them grow in their manhood because as the strong woman does for the man, then the man goes out looking for another woman who can replace his mother and, and do for him. And that's not what we need to do. You know what I mean? We need to be the strong ones. We need to be there. So as, as I as I look at what it takes to to sit in God's holy tent, as you look at what it, what how should a believer respond? You know, we need to build these attributes in our young men. How? Well, putting them in programs like mine. You know, finding strong coaches, strong coaches, male coaches, Christian coaches that you can put your kid on that team. I mean, that's what I did. I mean, I didn't care whether the team won or lost. What I cared about was the integrity, you know, of the coach and what was coming out of his heart. You know, that that's that's what I cared about. 
You know, I, I you know, I, I always say this thing, it's hard to coach without cussing. You either cussing in your head or cussing somewhere. But you know, if you find a coach that can still coach and not do that, then you know you he's gonna put something in your son that you couldn't do. That in the midst of a stressful situation when it's so easy to let loose to certain words that they don't come out. And that's an example that'll stay buried in their memory forever. Once again, you're listening to Isaiah 61, Radio Ministry Spirit of Lord Church. Once again, um, if you want to RSV to our banquet, the number is 612-251-5717. Come out and see what we do. Uh, come out and meet us. Share. That's May 31st, 5501 Chicago Avenue South Urban Refuge Church. And I look forward to seeing you there. And if not, contact us. It's so easy. God bless and good, good, have a good day.